Welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast, weekly show on all things music related. I'm Ryan here with Jeremy as always. How are you doing? It's been fucking nice and sunny all week. Yeah, dude. Amazing weather. It's supposed to drop though and we're getting sleet, I think, overnight. Yeah, I've seen that. Did you um see any of the Frozen Soul tour videos? Not yet. No. Okay. There was um on Upstate Records was at uh Milwaukee Beer Fest or something or other and they posted a bunch of videos of like and I was talking to I don't know if it's Mario or Kim that runs uh-huh. the Upstate page but I was messaging one of them back and forth and uh, I was like make sure you guys check out Frozen Soul when you're there because they were they had like a stand set up at the show <clears throat> for oh, Upstate uh, had a stand yeah okay. for Decibel Records gotcha or Decibel gotcha. Music I'm sorry they were doing like they have some type of collaboration going on with Century Media. I don't know what exactly it is, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They posted something that. about stocking some of their artists' titles or something right. like that. And uh, I told them make sure they check out Frozen Soul. But they, I've seen a bunch of the like little tour things and shit they've been posting on Instagram, and it looks like they're having a lot of fun. And I got to see some of the videos of Worm playing. Mm-hmm. Sounds so good. Live. Fuck yeah, dude. Which was cool because I was wondering how. That was going to go down? Yeah. Me too. There's so much tone and ambient shit going on in their music. And playing things like sometimes that slow live when you got people like jumping yeah. around and shit. Like that's a hard tempo to match. So I don't know. It's, to no, me, it would be challenging to draw out something that bar in not a studio setting right because there's live, a lot you of have studio like, shit yeah. going on in those albums live you have like a lot of energy going on yeah and it'd be interesting to interview one of those dudes about that yeah i did reach out to him but no, nobody's gotten back to me yet hollering out anybody from worm listening we'd love to uh ask you how that works or associated with worm yeah if you know them. How do you play wanna... so slow and people are going fucking ape shit? <laughs> or maybe the people aren't going maybe ape shit. Yeah. I don't know. You put them in a trance. Yeah. Everybody's smoking weed and fucking. I don't know. We'll get them on here at yeah. some point. I know in the summer it's a little bit more difficult because of how many people go on tour at the time. And I don't like trying to bug bands yeah, while they're exactly. on tour. But for people listening, we do have a bunch coming. Interview-wise, throughout April and May, we've been scheduling up some things, and we got some cool shit coming so far, and then some things coming late summer that'll be really sweet, too. Yeah, there's definitely things to look forward to, which is cool. But uh, social media stuff, uh, you can follow the podcast at Noise Avocation on Instagram, Noise Avocation Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. Our email is noiseavocation at gmail.com. You can find me at Soundwave Slave on Instagram. And you can find me at holdfast underscore 517 on Instagram. I'm sure a lot of people already know whether you're not a fan or you are a fan or not. I mean, you've probably seen that the the new Metallica record came out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was advertised on the NBC late night news, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jimmy (laughs) Jimmy Kimmel. Yep. And... Your local Walmart, your local Target. Yeah, that shit's pushed. Title, Apple Music, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook. 
Sprint T-Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're going to get into something in relation to Metallica, and yeah, we're going to be doing some Metallica bashing, probably, <laughs> I would imagine. One, before I get into like the topic, just for the record, like Metallica's a great band. They're probably one of the biggest bands in the world. They're like the Beatles of metal, basically. And I don't know, they've had weak moments in their career, strong moments in their career. Everybody's got their favorite era of Metallica, it seems. That is very, very true. Kind of depends when you were fucking born or what era you were raised on, really. Yeah, or like what you... Pretty much what your first impression was. Right, right. But I've also never heard anybody's first impression be like, sane anger, and then they're like, I love it. That's my album. Like, that album's pretty widely hated. I know one person, but I'll leave his name anonymous, and... (laughs) He was just trying to, like, be cool, I think, in front yeah. of me. I remember when that video... <laughs> it was really fucking funny. I remember dude. when that video came out, I seen the fucking, like, premiere for it on TRL. Oh, okay. And they were, uh, I think it was TRL. But it was, like, shot in a prison or whatever, if I remember correctly. Okay. Anyways, but my point I was getting to is... Yeah, that's nobody's favorite. Yeah. And also, before that, like, yes, we're going to be doing some bashing... But I will give them their due respect oh, as musicians sure, during their heyday. In no way am I trying to piss off some Metallica fans, but also at the same time I'm gonna piss off some Metallica. Well, fans. Well, back to the credit due <laughs> thing. Like they own their own pressing plant and run their own shit. Like yeah. from a business standpoint, you gotta you know give a nod. But everybody knows, like in business, or if you don't know. I'm going to say 10 times out of 10, you got to step on some fucking people to get where you're at. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You don't get to the top without stepping on everybody mm-hmm. below you. It's to certain degrees. I mean, like. Oh, in the comparison, the Beatles, I just want to. Lars is no motherfucking Ringo Starr. That's all I'm saying. And I'm <laughs> no, not even I don't a mean, huge Beatles fan. I don't mean on a musician point. Uh, no, yeah, I just yeah. mean as like a, a household name type of point. Gotcha, gotcha, like, gotcha. No, you're you, right. You're right. You think what's the biggest rock band in the world? Most people think Beatles, Rolling Stones, yeah. sometimes Led Zeppelin, shit like that. But now um, it's going to be. But now, like, you think, like, you talk to the average person who's not even into metal, they know who Ooh, Metallica, Metallica is. is. Definitely. But if you were like bringing up Overkill, we'll use them as an example. Yeah, they don't know who the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. If you're a metalhead and into thrash metal and you've dug a little bit deeper past Metallica, then obviously you've heard Overkill or Exodus or Slayer or one of the seven contemporary or six contemporaries. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm laughing because you're right. And, like, I can see asking my mom, like, hey, have you ever heard of Metallica? And, you know, she, oh, they were on the cover of Last Week of People, you yeah. know? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, like, that, and that's how it is. Yeah, but the, she weird. wouldn't, like, know who Exodus was. Fuck no. Or, like, a million other, like, different bands. Yeah. But that's what I was getting at with the Beatles thing. It's like, gotcha. you could ask anybody on the street, they like, even a child, like... Yeah. Who are the Beatles? And they'd say it was a fucking band or something. Right, like they right. at least like know who it was. Right. Also, for the record, we're talking American thrash here. I'm not going to get were, into yeah, yeah, yeah. Creator and Sodom and um, Destruction and 
all that shit. That's that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation to be had. But we're going to talk today on the big seven of American Thrash, which would be Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer, Overkill, Testament, Anthrax, and Exodus. At the beginning of all of that, wasn't I think Exodus would have been the the betting one to like be in Metallica's spot right now back then. Well, out of the East Bay, Kirk Hammett was in Exodus before right. they yep. released their first album, like two years before. Or something yeah, they like that. fucking stole him from Exodus into Metallica. Was yeah. my understanding? Not you know, either they got him in there. Yep. And there's a story of like in '86 when uh, Exodus opened up for Metallica. Uh huh. And according to Gary Holt, he uh said that they blew Metallica out of the water during the show. Oh, I fucking They had it. bigger amps, bigger stage presence, <laughs> bigger rafters, bigger, like, they partied harder, like, because that was how you measured your fame as a, or a, your stature as a rock band at the time was how, part you, or how yeah, hard how, you partied. I almost said how, how party you, you partied. Yeah. yeah. Party that, hardy, like, motherfucker. That was, like, one of the determining factors. So after the show... James from Metallica comes up to Gary Holt and says, never again will you guys open for us. Because they showed him up. Because they bad. showed him up. And they didn't for like a really, really long time until they were on the same festival together. I don't remember the name of the festival exactly. But they played alongside of each other. But it brought up a point to me to where if you think about it, like you don't really ever see Metallica touring with any of their contemporaries at yeah, all. Yeah, they don't. Well, at this point, they don't have to. Kind of going back to the whole, fuck you, Exodus, you're better than us. There's no way. Yeah. And then, boop, they're not trying to preserve the music. They're trying to preserve themselves. And their sales. Right. Which, to me, like, if you're claiming to be the biggest thrash band in the world or whatever, and I don't know if they even still claim that title or not. They might not even call themselves a thrash I band at this hope point. I not. They might just call themselves a metal band, a rock band, whatever. Yeah, I just call them American rock and roll. Yeah, but to me, like, if you were the biggest band in your category, like, why would you not want to elevate the rest of the people who helped put on that scene with Fucking you? Fucking A, dude. Because Overkill was just as relevant and as innovative as Metallica was right at the same time in bringing Thrash to the spotlight. Without Overkill, without Exodus, without Anthrax, without the rest, would Metallica have really even gotten oh, as big as it did? Think about that, too. You're right. Because when you get into the 90s, all those festivals that popped up were very artist-driven. Like the punk rock. They didn't just want one band to go up. They wanted fucking 100 bands to go with them. Yeah. Hardcore, metal, all that shit, like... During that time, the Ozfest, Jamie Josta putting on his shit and, like, trying to get other bands up. But Metallica was always, like, fuck, by themselves. Or whoever opened for them was completely out of their... You know what I'm saying? It wasn't... It was either a they completely in the opposite same... fucking style. Yeah. Or they knew that they were a million times better. I don't know. It's fucking... That's a good point, dude. I'm thinking it's because... If they're claiming to be thrash and then like one of their contemporaries comes up 
playing actual thrash. Right, right. Because if they're playing, and we're talking if Metallica's playing their later music in their career. Like, obviously, if they're playing stuff off the first few albums, it's going to be thrashy. But if they're playing stuff off, like, Hardwired and 72 Seasons and, um, what was that other one? Death, Death, Magnetic. Death Magnetic. It's I'll say that's more, an underrated album, by the way. It's more on the rocky side, though, than it oh, is Oh, most thrash. definitely. So if you got a band like Overkill that comes up next to them and they're playing this heavy, double bass-driven, fast, fucking punchy riffs, crazy quick solos, and Metallica's up there playing, while it might be some groovy kind of, you know, shit that you can move along to, it's not very thrashy anymore at this point. And it's not pushing any boundaries. Yeah, and they're playing exactly like, they know what they can do, and they're doing that, and they're not trying to kind of make it to where they're like, let's see if we can still play shit like Ride the Light. Right. Let's, like, challenge they're ourselves. Just like, let's, There's uh, less, like, playing it safe. Let's get some more money, boys. Yeah. You're um, right. I don't know. We started talking here, so for listeners, I don't know if we actually made our point of what this episode's going to be about. I got sidetracked. But we're just going to talk about the power of marketing and music And we're using Metallica and Overkill mainly as an example because while everybody knows that 72 Seasons just came out, most people do not know that Scorched also just came out on the same exact day from Overkill. And neither Jeremy or I were able to get accurate sales numbers for the first day of sales just because it hasn't really been documented yet. But my points that I want to make is how Metallica is marketed so much bigger. Like, think of it as, like, Nike shoes or Starbucks or anything, like, up to that echelon. And Overkill, this is their 20th album, while (laughs) this is Metallica's 12th album. And Overkill is still putting out content that is heavy, that is thrashy, that is fucking metal, that is... And so are a lot of the contemporaries, like Exodus is still putting out stuff that's heavy. They had Persona Non Grata come out a couple years ago. Testament had an album come out a couple years ago that was still real heavy. Uh, Even Megadeth, like their latest record, was still pretty thrashy and heavy on a lot of it. Yep, the only thing that really changed on that was Dave's voice, obviously, is fucking harsher. It's about oh, yeah, big he notice there. Fucking He's fucking throat old. cancer. Exactly. And he had surgeries. But musically, it's, yeah. it's up to par. Musically, it's still pretty thrashy. And like the album that was before that, Dystopia, oh, I that's fucking, fucking loved yeah, it. Dude, dude. That, that album's great. Rad. Actually, I own that one, but not the latest. It was amazing. I loved it. I thought it was fucking... I remember when it came out, I was like, dude, these guys are putting out shit that's like... I liked it more Better than, than some har- of the older albums. Well, that was like, then that was kind of like that album versus fucking Hardwire. Yeah, because uh, Dystopia was 2015, the, yeah. Hardwire was 2016. It's right around the same time. But I bet you, I do have the number somewhere. I got to kind of dig for it. But I know that Hardwired went like four or five times platinum. Yeah. In like the first like year or something like that. And Dystopia, I doubt it actually even went platinum. It probably was around. It probably went, I know it was number one at one point. On the, like, billboard charts, but that was just, I mean, that's kind of weird now, too. Yeah, I want to, we'll get into billboard charts here. But I do want to bring up, I'll bring up It was number three on the billboard. Three? Yep, and it only sold 48,000 copies. Oh, damn. See? That's pretty, that's insanely low. But, um, 
how many people called the store yesterday and asked for a fucking Overkill's new album? Zero. And you know what I mean? I sold one. Right. But that was um, that long box? Yep, that long box. So that, that one it. dude that pre-ordered it or whatever, right? Who's been a lifelong Overkill fan. Right. So that right I there, had... imagine that blown up, like, you know, yeah. to nationwide. And that's nationwide. Like, we're a small store. Right. I went through... 12 or 13 copies of the new Metallica yesterday before the end of the day. I had multiple calls during the day. I had multiple calls after the day was over. I had people messaging the store Facebook, the store Instagram. I had people texting me. Steve had people calling him. This is fucking insane. And I had not... Aside from that one person that came in, zero people asked about Overkill. Like, I don't know if Overkill intentionally released it or didn't know that that was going that 72 seasons was going to come out that day, but I feel like it was a bad idea. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Cuz it, it like way overshadowed it. And but I also wonder if maybe they were like, well, thrash metal will be in the spotlight for that day. Maybe we'll break some algorithm and kind of shine through, but I don't think so. Okay, if I had to guess, I'm thinking that they probably had that date a lot longer set. Yeah. Just because of resources and pressings and what, I mean, even CDs, cassettes, whatever it may be, you're still in line. Yep. So, hard- Metallica, oh, let's just do it next week, guys. You know, Hardwired to Self Destruct sold 2.4 million copies. Holy crap, dude. Whereas Dystopia sold 48,000. That's Holy an, that's shit. That's like an insane contrast. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, but that brings it right into what we're fucking talking about. Yeah. Um, Metallica, career-wide, has over 135 million album sales. Megadeth, career-wide, who I would consider to be the next biggest thrash band, has about 40 million career-wide. That's fucking amazing. So it's almost 100 million records difference. Yeah. Which is absolutely nuts because Megadeth to me, is just as good, if not better, more consistent, and stayed true to their genre more than what Metallica has. For for Megadeth to sell 40 million copies, to me, is a, it, that's a feat, dude. Because, like, you know, they're consistent. And if a lot of people, and this will piss off the old Metallica dudes, but a lot of people will say that Megadeth is... A lot better than fucking Metallica. I would wholeheartedly agree. And just because I think fucking, I think they stood out more because of the way Dave's voice sounded. Exactly. And while they were thrashy, they also had like a little bit of different elements mixed into their music. And solos, dude, alone. Yeah, the solos, like Marty Friedman was fucking phenomenal phenomenal guitar player. Yeah, dude. Metallica, like, obviously had their sound, but if you listen to, like, Souls of Black from Testament, mm-hmm. it sounds fucking like a mirror image of Kill 'em All. And they, I know Souls of Black was, like, a few years down the road or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, there were multiple thrash bands that kind of had that sound early on. But Megadeth always had their own kind of individual sound. Like, Slayer, Tom Mariah, he had a little bit of a different voice, but even still, it kind of got lumped into the same well, trash didn't it, category. To me, and maybe, well, obviously, we're, we're kind of too young to, um, like, comprehend this shit in the 80s, obviously, but right. 
to me it always stood out that Megadeth is to me is Dave Mustaine, like yeah. his brainchild. Where Slayer, which I fuck, I love Slayer, but Metallica, you're working with all. It's like, is it is it Lars's shit or is it fucking Hetfield's? Is it you know what I mean? Right. And then it's like, and I feel like the two of them kind of battled for that. Exactly. Probably even to this day, I'm there's sure some like underlying resentment towards one or the other, like whose band it really is. Okay, and that can create some fucking rad music, but I don't know, dude. I just Megadeth overall musically and lyrically is fucking so much better. And I think like Overkill to me stands out musically, musically and vocally. Completely apart from every other thrash band. Oh, fucking totally, dude. Just because Bobby Blitz's voice is so unique, and which I think hurt them in a way, because uh-huh. some people were kind of like, I don't know, he sounds like an angry gremlin or something. Like Personally, I don't like his voice, but the music is yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, he's fucking, I don't know, man. He had his voice, and it was weird, but like for some people... And once it clicked, it just stayed there, and you—that's like what drew you to the band. Like for me, that's what draws me to the band. Like nothing sounds, nobody, nothing, 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 nobody sounds like him. Yeah, though, nobody for sure. at all sounds like him. And you've never heard anything like it. And he still sounds just as good today, which is crazy to me because like James has definitely declined. Oh, dude, voice. everybody does if they don't take care of their yeah. vocals. I liked James's early stuff. Like yeah, vocally, yeah. I think when it was he had more cool, high pitched. Yeah, he had yeah. a cool voice. Like Fuck Ride yeah. the Lightning, it was more high pitched. It was more screechy. It yep. was more like chilling. And now it's just like a dad rock voice. Oh, no, that's, which that's is, why I just kind of put him in the American rock and roll category yeah. after, I would say after Saint Anger. That's kind of when they started to do that. Yep. So I want to talk about like their. Metallica's record sales in general. When I was looking at these numbers, I was like, how the fuck has Metallica outsold Megadeth by almost 100 million when there was just the Metallica Megadeth connection of mm-hmm. Dave Mustaine being in the band originally? I feel like drew them a big fan base from the get go. Definitely. Because they had that leg up already that they were like, oh shit, this dude's from Metallica. People loved Metallica at the time. So automatically they were like, this Megadeth band's got to be sweet. And so I felt like Megadeth should have been up there in like the, I don't know, like 70, 80 million or something. Yeah, at least like, like I would think they would be close. But like every single one of Metallica's albums since um, 1990 have debuted at number one on the 200 Billboard charts. Since the Black Album. Since the Black Album. Every but, single album. That's funny though. I mean, think about it. Like, they changed their sound at that point. They changed their producer. Changed a lot of things. I think they Bass also player. probably changed contracts. They probably changed management. They probably changed something in the inner workings of the label. Definitely. And because the Black Album, I don't know, now it's gone, what, like 16 times platinum or something like that? Like, it's, like, huge. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and what what's ironic about all that, and I never really thought about till right now, is they were like an anti-video band mm-hmm. up until they were like, fuck it, we're going to make one. And There's then, a reason for that, though. I'm yeah, going to get into okay. that. And then once you get to um, Enter Sandman, it's like, oh, it's one of the fucking most amazing videos ever, blah, you know? Uh-huh. Which, don't get me wrong, that semi-hit in that bed's pretty fucking badass, but... 
So the RIAA, which is the Recording Industry Association of America, the way that they... Oh, also before I say that, the Billboard 200 charts are owned by the same people that own Rolling Stone magazines. They own a bunch of other publishing companies related to music because the Billboard 200 is technically a Billboard magazine. Right. And they own that too. I can't remember the name of the father company mm-hmm. that owns everything. It's like, like PMC or okay. something, PMCE or something like that. But it's a big corporate conglomerate that is fucking owned. That has by... billion dollar board members that like yep. their billion dollars. So the certifications for numbers are no longer only based on traditional album sales. They also include digital song sales and audio video streams. Yep. So if you're watching a Metallica video, that's an album sale or an, uh, um, a ticket on the number for the chart. A video, a stream. Well, don't, okay, don't they have it rigged up to where approximately it'd be like let's say 10 streams of the album would equal like one physical copy don't they have it rigged like that yeah it it's is kind of fucked up yep 10 album streams equals one album sale is that what it is like, something okay. like that yeah. yeah that's fucked okay i thought but so not only that but uh like a double album like 72 yeah. seasons was two records okay each one of those records counts as an album. Oh, sale. that's bullshit. So if you sell 500,000 copies of a double album, it's listed as 1 million copies in the sales for the Billboard 200. So. And if you have a triple record, it works the same way. Now, let's think of how many. SM was a triple album. SM2 was a triple album. Hardwired was a double album, even though it could have been fucking one. Yep. Um,. 72 Seasons is a double album, and going back, there's a lot of fucking double albums. Like, their first, the early ones, like Kill 'em All, Ride the Lightning, uh, Master of Puppets, they were all single albums, and Justice for All and Under Sandman were double albums. So, if you go by that logic, the 16 times platinum would technically only be 8 times platinum. Well, now, here's, I got a question now. So, in the cases of a repressing... I have copies that are doubles, doubles and that used to be singles, right? Because like, like those you. forty-five sets have right. four records in them. So I don't know if each one of the represses factors into the numbers, or if it's just the initial album uh, sales. Right. That I'm not sure of. Either way, I'm just judging. I was just wondering because that that would be a total fucking easy way to yeah. rack that shit. Well, up. that's. I mean, Kiss was guilty of that. Like they had. Yeah. Remember they found like fucking warehouses full of uh, their own shit, destroyer or something yep. like that, or Love Gun maybe. They had warehouses and warehouses of fucking albums that they shipped off, and mm-hmm. they build it to whatever God, shelf damn. company, and then it comes back as, oh, this company here bought fifty-eight thousand copies <laughs> of the album, when in reality it was it's one of something a, that yeah. a record label owned, and it's sitting in a warehouse. So crazy. And there was a show called Vinyl on HBO where they oh, yeah, showed them doing that, and they were like, I don't care. I think it was Donnie Osmond they were trying to get yeah, rid yeah, of copies yeah, yeah, yeah. of and boost yep. his sales numbers. Mm-hmm. And the guy was shipping, like, freights of his albums off to a warehouse somewhere in, like, fucking Bangladesh or something. Oh, okay. And it would count as album sales through the record label. Yeah, I wish that show would have kept going, man. They stopped at season one. Yeah, season one. So along with the two CDs, two records counting as double sales, three CDs and on. 
Hardwired to Self-Destruct was also released as a three CD set, which counted oh, as yeah. which counted as three sales per sale for the deluxe fucking CD version. Yeah, yeah, because it had like a extra hundred minutes or whatever. So, and I'm pretty. I know Dystopia was a single album and a single CD. Yeah. So, I'd have to do the math there and divide that to see like how many numbers it actually That's is. Fucking, it's kind of like how it's bullshit. Where now in speakers, they'll tell you, like, this is 10,000 watts RMS. Mm-hmm. It was bench tested at that, like, where it has one spike of that power for a split second. Yeah, it's bullshit. And it can be listed as that, and people buy it up because it's a big number. Right. And it works the same way with the RIA. And Metallica did this other thing where they gave away a CD with ticket sales. Like, if you bought a ticket to one of their shows, you get a free CD. Each one of those CDs given out counts as an album sale. And there was another thing where, like, this was more related to, like, Jay-Z when his 444 album came out. Okay. It went platinum. Or no, no, no. Yeah, it was platinum. I was going to say diamond, but it wasn't diamond. It went platinum, like, in the first week or something like that. Okay. But he was only got like four million fucking, or well, no, it might have went diamond. I gotta double check that. But either way, his active listeners fell way short of what, what it said. what it would have been. And I've heard of companies like Sprint paying off like uh, auto streaming bots and shit to boost album sales numbers. And I mean, the whole Billboard chart itself is like. Can just complete bullshit because it's kind of like a statistic where one out of 10 people surveyed out of X amount of people and then they factor up some fucking number that looks good on paper. Yeah, yeah, it's just all fucking inflated bullshit. It's almost like throughout the ages of music, like you, you know, payola and then what we were talking about with them fucking dumping off records in different spots. Yeah. And now it's just, oh, now we're just going to use these fucking bots to do it. There's always a way for them to fucking figure out how to dick up those numbers, man. Yeah. Like, Benny the Butcher came out with Johnny P's Caddy. Yeah. Over a year ago. Yeah. just now, last week, went gold. And that had, like, that went from, like, 350,000 listens to, like, 53 million or some crazy shit like that. But he's on an independent label. And, like, I'm not saying it's undoable, but when you have a record label, like, that as big as what Metallica is owned by, you have the marketing behind you to just push that much yep. music out there. I mean, like, look at Starbucks, Nike, like, Starbucks. I'm not a coffee person, but a couple times I have had coffee at Starbucks or anything there. It tastes like shit. It's always bad. <laughs> but funny. they have, like... They, they they make like four million dollars a minute nationwide or something well, like that. Right, and that kind of goes back to the whole like people just pay for the fucking brand name. Exactly, and Metallica is a fucking brand name. Knows at this point that their albums yeah. can go platinum just off of their name. That's fucking crazy. And man. their record label knows that as well. Like uh, they're on uh, Elektra still, I believe. Or no, 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 they're on their own black. They have label. their own, but... But believe, who's black and owned by? It's probably owned by Warner Brothers. Okay. Whoever owns Warner Brothers now. Because, like, when you we were just you were just talking about these big companies, even, like, Nike, 
I don't even know if Nike's owned by Nike anymore, but I know like PepsiCo, they own all kinds of weird shit you'd never even think of. Yeah. So I would imagine somebody owns that black end. Like there's got to be a something above it. Do they distribute it themselves or which I don't think they do. You I would know. imagine that I'm trying to find it right now because this is something that I didn't think about leading into is who owns Metallica's record label. I mean, I know they own their record label, but who's their parent company? Right. It's probably distributed through UMG or Sony. Well, yeah, or I would think it would like have one to of be. the big ones like because that. Because they already have that fucking laid out right for them. Like, yeah. you wouldn't want to start from scratch nowadays trying to make those kind of plugs, dude. No. But their stuff is advertised so heavily that it makes for other bands like Testament, like Overkill, like fucking Exodus to even have a fair fighting chance to get their music out there quite as much. Because if you, and this right here goes across all genres, like if you go to the new or browse section on Apple Music, on Spotify, on Tidal, Uh you go to each genre individually you see the biggest names and artists in the world for each of those genres correct those are always the suggested ones they're always the suggested ones you don't ever see like some little rinky dink fucking band from out of nowhere break that algorithm Mm -hmm. and be like oh we hit the number one spot on the new and noteworthy section for this week like no new music for this week is fucking metallica is overkill on there no it's not at all i checked that's fucking insane, really. I never dug that deep into like that kind of shit because I always took those the genre thing like because they only show like the top artists, I kind of just would all like listen to those whatever they suggest and then dig from there. Yeah. Because now, I because we already are aware of the fact right. that that's some what streaming doing. services have more intricate genres you can like right. uh, view like apple music you can go into rock you can go into heavy metal you can go into like death metal spotify's like so that it's kind of more you can dig a little further and you might find one of them in there but if you go to just the one that nine out of ten people would click on it's, yeah, it's gonna the big say names metallica there. right now and that's because the shit is paid to get there think of it like um, well, yeah, look, that's their advertising budget, and there's has to be, I guarantee you, Metallica's advertising budget is I guarantee you more than it costs to even make Overkill's album. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. I was trying to figure out how like much seventy-two seasons was to make, yeah. and how much went into the advertising. But like a lot of it's hard. A lot of hard stuff, figures. To yeah, find. they're not numbers that are just going to be like, oh yeah, we put. Twenty right. million dollars into advertising or blah blah blah. Like they don't want people to know that shit. Yeah, fuck so, no. I think of like the streaming services, social media, all of that. I mean, like think of it like Super Bowl commercials. Definitely, like, it costs six to seven million dollars for thirty seconds of a Super Bowl commercial, which reaches about a hundred million people, give or take. And so, a band like. Whoever, like I'll use Overkill again as a, a reference because Metallica's raking in two to five million per show. Right, I did know that. That is, I don't know what Overkill. Yeah, I don't know what Overkill makes per show, but I guarantee fucking T, it's not a million dollars. So, automatically there, they got millions upon millions to put out into advertising this and paying off companies to blast it in people's faces, whereas. Another band who 
didn't quite make the album sales and have the push doesn't have that. So if you want to reach, it's like on social media, you open up, you see like in the explore tab, like you're going to see paid boosted posts. Like, Oh, for those sure. Are, you're not, they're not going to give you a platform to just reach hundreds of millions of people and not fucking charge you in a way for well, it. Yeah. That's we're why, we're like, in that boat, you know, that's why podcasts starting out, musicians starting out, artists like whether they draw whether they make beats whatever like it takes you years and years and years to crack into like a hundred thousand followers ten thousand followers whatever unless you're paying for it they're not going to give you a platform to reach a hundred million followers on just for free that'd be like giving you a super bowl commercial for For free free. yeah it's not gonna fucking happen so metallica puts that amount of fucking money into Walmart advertising this, Jimmy Kimmel, NBC, National News advertising this, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, fucking Jimmy Kimmel. Like, where the fuck do you see Exodus's new record streamed around like that? Like, they're paying to break these algorithms. They're paying to have this shoved in your face. They're paying to be like, this went fucking gold the first day. Because I guarantee by next week the album will be platinum. I'm curious... I don't know, this is another number. I don't know if we'd be able to find out. I'll, I'll look into it later. But the Jimmy Kimmel thing makes me think, like, every, like every uh, band that seems to be on, like, a major label, they get to that test. You know, you get to that point where, all right, you're going to do a late-night show. Now, if that was me in a band, you know what I'm saying? I would, like, that would be a fucking dream come true, right? Right. But that's a, a lot. A lot of those bands, that's the fucking, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, they for whatever reason. Well, this is like Metallica's, I don't know how many right. time so playing on Jimmy kinda, Kimmel, yeah. but they're already just like, oh, whatever. Right, they're already And they did in. it for like a whole fucking week on the show. Yeah. Every single night they were playing on it. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And think of how many people watched Jimmy Kimmel. Well, like, the Interrupters were on, I believe, one of Jimmy Kimmel, maybe. But yeah, they played um, for a two night. songs. <laughs> yeah, 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 for a night, not an entire week. Not an entire week. That's <clears throat> hundreds of millions right. of people to reach throughout a week. But that's kind of like, that's why I bring that up. It's like the Interrupter is doing that. It's fucking pretty huge, dude. Oh, you yeah, know? that's massive. And then. And I know Jack White's been on Jimmy Kimmel a few times. It's fucking amazing. But he isn't playing on there for a whole fucking week. And Jack White's huge. Yeah, J- yeah he's very huge. But yeah, no, man, it's a. Uh, it's definitely, dude. Got to have money to fucking push, and it's bullshit, but it's the way it is. Everything, social media, streaming services, it's all about charts, money. all that is. It all boils down to how much this company is making from it, how much this company is being paid off to push that shit. It doesn't matter. Music reviewers are paid by companies to write good reviews, even Fuck if yeah, they, they don't are. like something. I know people personally that have been fired from doing music reviews because they didn't want to give a review that they were like, this fucking sucks. Because that company wants it to be pushed that it's great. Because Because their company gave them dollars to fucking push it. Exactly. So if another person reads that, and unfortunately a lot of people have a hard time thinking for themselves... So they read it, they have a pack mentality and go along with this album's awesome because this place said it's awesome, because Rolling Stone said it's awesome, because Billboard says it's awesome. When in reality, there's just some fucking high, like, 
I don't want to call him like a priestess of music or something, but there's some like oh, there a fucking string puller up there that's just getting that decides... filthy, stupid rich off of pushing these big name artists. Yep. Instead and you're right, of... that Pac-Man mentality, man. And it goes on all genres too. It's not oh, yeah, just it's Metallica. Board, like dude, we're just sure. using Metallica because of the reference and of... Overkill because it's a good contrast. Because it literally just happened yeah, Friday. It's a, it's a great contrast. And it allows us to talk a bit about thrash stuff, but like every single genre that happens in, like you're gonna see fucking Kendrick Lamar outsell Conway the Machine ten to one. Right. Even if Conway's shit was ten times better or whatever, it's just gonna the numbers you're gonna it's, been it's like, gonna be fucking like a, it's way been different. like that since the beginning of fucking recorded music. Um, you know when you think about it. Yeah. Well, like Elvis. He got pushed. He's probably the first majorly huge promoted guy. And then, you know, people would argue, well, he's still this, that, the other. And I don't want to get into that conversation. I'm just saying that there are other artists that play that music better that didn't get credit until the fucking 70s or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because they didn't have the money behind them. Exactly. Like, there was a thing, and this is kind of what brought on us doing this episode, Last year, 38 million songs received zero plays. Think about that. Which, 38 million songs did not play. And I read into that further, and like, yeah, 38 million's a lot and whatever, But and there's roughly 100,000 songs uploaded to streaming services every day. Because wow. pretty much anybody can upload well, a song. That's just it, yeah. Now, what... I thought was even more crazy than that is 42% of songs received less than 10 plays throughout the year. Almost half of the music that is on streaming doesn't services get heard doesn't more than get a handful of times. Plays, wow, dude. Which is absolutely fucking crazy because that is way more than 38 Fuck million yeah, songs. Dude. That's like 42%. But that goes back to they're not being paid to have their shit pushed to every single person and, in the world like and that. And also, we got to say, like, that's everything. That's I mean, everything. There might, there's probably a lot of turds in there. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, but like, there's a lot of somebody uploading, a few diamonds in the rough, so to speak, yeah, obviously. Even somebody uploading their own music typically goes to the page and presses play on their well, that's own what, shit. That's what I was thinking, like. So the fact that there's zero, or even, like, their mom, their sister, their yeah, brother, said, their cousin, like, their best friend, whatever. Like, even if you only listen to it to tell your friend that it sucks, there's still, like, usually one person playing the fucking song. It's either fucked up or, like, very, very, very sad that you can't. 38 million people can't. Or 38 songs won't get played because somebody doesn't have somebody to show. And 42% receive less than 10 plays. Yeah, like That nice. number, when I read that, like blew my mind. That is, that is huge. That shows that, one, shit is being paid to be pushed way too far, mm-hmm. and it's burying everything else. Now, 100,000 songs being released every day is physically impossible to keep up with. Like That is too much music to digest, but obviously music is a broad thing, so... I mean, it's like YouTube videos. There's probably oh, yeah, more videos than that. It's, impo- but it's an impossibility. There's going to be people that are like, okay, there's 100,000 songs uploaded. 5,000 of those were metal. 5,000 songs is listenable within a certain amount yeah, of time. Yeah, that's true. So it, uh, to me, it shows that there's not a lot of people branching out from what their comfort zone of music is, too. Well, and I think even that's if the it's algorithm in their, too. Yeah, even if it's in their own genre. Like... And there's how many 
free subscribers to Spotify. Oh, millions and like a billion? I don't know. There's a lot, dude. And those playlists that are pushed to you where you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to, let's say, let's say you start off listening to Overkill. Okay. I guarantee you by five songs in, you're on Metallica. I would, I would be, um, I'd be on your side of that. That's fucking, that's spot on. And let's say you went and listened to, um, I'm going to try to, let's say you went and listened to Nas, who's, yeah, he's big, but he's not like Tupac I can tell big. you who's going to pop up. Tupac, Eminem, or Biggie are going to be on there within the first five songs after that. Yeah, I was going to say or Biggie. Or Snoop Dogg. Biggie and Nas. I've had fucking Puffy pop up on there like within the first five every time. That fucking missing you song. Yeah, and and then if you were to go to listen to like because it's nineties fucking yeah. You're there's always those songs that are like always at the top of every because they're all paid to be God pushed damn. to that. Like that gets pushed to the forefront, and then everybody digests yeah. that instead of just being like, oh, this is a something. That I remember I don't know. asking you like. Why are all these fucking songs, like, we would look at these lists and it would say, you know, a million people listen to this song and then 10,000 people listen to this song. When I know, everybody I fucking know would put the 10,000 song at, like, number one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it's like, that makes a lot of sense now, or I never really thought about it like that, that those other songs, those big singles... I mean, that's some shit that people, that's the only thing people have heard from that album or whatever, you know? Yeah, because there's a lot of people Fucking that do nuts. not listen to whole albums all the way through. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's, well, no, we're they're, not, they're not big music people, yeah. whether they have a short attention span or they just like to have the song that they like to sing along. I don't know. Everybody has their own way of digesting music or I just whatever. think they have, people have a lot more shit going on and there's, like, we started the podcast to, you know, help people fucking slip through the garbage, and it's like, it's easy to get into that rhythm of, I'm going to listen to the same 10 albums for the rest of my life. I mean, I don't know how people do that, but... I don't know. There are people out there that are just not heavily into listening to music. Yeah, no, most definitely. But you would think the people that are, because... I've met more people in my life that say they love music than They're people not. who definitely are like, eh, I'm just not really a music person. Like everybody, whether you only have a few, all have their favorite artists in yep. music. And I don't know, some people just don't get out past that. And I, do you think that's because of the amount of marketing and everything that we just talked about? Or do you think that that's them being like, this is what I like? I don't need to find anything else. Because to me, like, when I hear something enough, I'm like, okay, what inspired that? What brought no, that on? Yeah. What came before that? What was the album that they did before this, after this, whatever? I can only compare it to thinking of, like, what my uh, parents, grandparents, things of that, like, in the cars. My mom was always a radio chick. Now, she had records back in the day in 45s like the best of bread and seals and crap, like all the popular shit of the late seventies. Frampton comes alive, of course, fucking Fleetwood Mac, you know, which I still have that copy. And, um, then later on, it's like, whatever's on the radio, she's fucking like, Oh, I love this song, but yeah. never has any 
any um, ambition to dig for anything else. That's just how she is. She's not, a, like you said, oh, I love music, but she won't go past what Bay 108's playing or whatever, you know. And I don't think that that necessarily means that they don't love music. They just don't have... Well, they're just not that, us. They just don't you know? have that relationship right. with it where right. they, like, consume it like it's food. Right. Like, they are just people who are like, oh, I love to have it on in the background. It makes me feel good, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, I, the like, the whole point of this is to break down the barriers of people being like, well, Metallica is the best because they've sold the most. Like, no, they've sold the most because they've been able to manipulate the most. Yeah, if you, yeah. Anybody out there bases album sales on musicianship and talent, uh, I pray, you know, I pray to somebody for you, man. That's, that is a bad way to look at things. But there's a lot of people out there that may not know how this shit operates. Oh, and I'm sure. Like, one thing that is kind of bizarre to me is, like, when Metallica was coming up and they had the run of first four albums, and we'll even say five with the Black album. Okay. Because some people love it, some people hate it, some people are in between. But obviously they had talent leading up into going into... They didn't just, like, fucking screw around their way to the top. Like, they had talent, and they got backed by the right people to be elevated to Right. That. There's definitely but, a lot of time and place, but there's got to be <laughs> something that shot them. When they started to fall off around the reload and load era, right, and St. Anger and all that stuff, Overkill was coming out with, like, Necroshine with Bloodletting. Uh, Slayer had God Hates Us All. Testament had like the gathering, which to me I think is That's, one of their heaviest I know albums that album. altogether. Yeah, that album's fucking badass. And they had all of these albums from their contemporaries that were coming out that were great fucking records. But consistently, Metallica's most widely hated albums outsold the contemporaries ten to one, even while the majority <laughs> of their fan base was Isn't like, "Isn't that fucked up?" We hate this fucking record. Why do we want to listen to Sane Anger? It's a terrible album. It sounds like shit, but it outsold every other thrash band's album that was doing great at that time. Like but, they were making some of their heaviest music in their careers at that time. And Metallica was going the complete opposite direction and just coming out with the worst music of their career. But it still outsold it by like night and day difference. And I remember when that came out. I was I must have been eight or nine years old, and uh, and I you know I watched MTV and shit. So I remember this controversy of them like cutting their hair, and I remember seeing that all over the place. And then they did the that was like around the some kind of monster thing, or a little no, bit before it was that. Before, it was like right before. Um, it was in between, load and uh, reload and uh, black album. Okay, and they cut their hair, and but that seemed to be. You know, at that time, as I remember it, that was the bigger deal than the fucking music, dude. Like, that was kind of where... Them cutting their hair. Yeah. It's kind of like Kiss Unmasked. Well, right, and I remember everybody on one side of the fence being, oh, they fucking sold out, man, they cut their hair. No, I don't think if you cut your hair, you're selling out one way or the other. No, I mean, maybe he just got tired of his hair being in his face. And I get, yeah, and they're getting older. I mean, I get it now from a getting right. older point of view. But musically, 
they did make a fucking crazy turn at that change. point. Yeah. So, you know. And I don't know if that was. But they seem to make a bigger deal about their hair than the change in the music. Yeah. It's fucking Which weird. is weird because I would be like, I don't give a shit what you look like. Like if you went up there looking like fucking Harry and Lloyd yep. from Dumb and Dumber and you play amazing music, I don't give a shit. Like well, I'd be like awesome. Think about like, it. Like look man. at the dudes from Drab Majesty. They look weird as fuck. Make great they're, music though. Oh, they're fucking I love that band, man. And that's completely unrelated to this, but they were the first weird looking people that popped, popped into, into my your head. head. Oh, I was just thinking about the women that society doesn't deem, you know, attractive or whatever that don't they're never heard or you know they're not on the front cover of fucking this that and the other you know and i'm glad that that kind of thing is starting to go away a little bit like the alabama shakes with uh britney there fuck closest singer to janice i've ever heard now they got pretty big but she's not you know they're not doing fucking billboards at walmart with like you know buy my fucking latest album yeah. i don't know look at I don't know if you've seen, but Greta Van Fleet's coming out with a new record. I've heard. Did you see what they look like now? I, um, is it more funny than before? or? Oh, it's way, way, it's just way. Insane. Like, they kind of had their own... I feel so bad for those kids sometimes, man. They had their <laughs> own kind of interesting, their own style or whatever. Like, the picture I remember seeing before, like, when their latest, their last album came out, I can't remember the name of it. They had like uh, some like turquoise earrings in and yeah, like, was all some, Led like Zeppelin brown fucking leather, like bullshit. yeah, yeah. It yeah. looked like, it. but now like they're all in like glittery like makeup. Oh, they're like, all glammed like, out. It looks glammed out, but like in a way to where it almost looks like they're like dressed up for Halloween or something. Oh God! But I seen the picture and it was announcing their new album and. I'm guessing whatever label they're signed to is trying to push them that way because, like, that band sold out huge. Like, oh, here's like, they sold out thing. like venues. Like, their whole tour was like fucking immediately sold out. Like, once they got their spotlight, it was everything they had was immediately sold out. And I'm not saying sold out in the sense of like you were a sellout. I'm saying sold out as far as like you sold out arenas type of thing. Gotcha. They have been pushed and are going to be bled dry by their label until nobody gives a shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, when I first heard of Greta Van Fleet, which would have been, I would assume, everybody, they were wearing T-shirts and jeans, and they just looked like fucking regular-ass dudes, and they sounded a lot like Led Zeppelin, which is, you know, whatever. And um, I think that... the Record company had the hooks in those boys as soon as they signed that paper, dude. Because immediately they were fucking, they turned into this. Either interviews back then, I watched a bunch. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I mean, they're just kids. Yeah. I I have it right here. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It looks like they're cosplaying for sure. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, what the fuck? Are, I mean, you can wear whatever you want, but like. I don't know. It's just you can tell that they don't know who they are. Is they don't some shit. Something's going on, or here. they're not being allowed to be who they are. I like, don't know. I mean, I guess if they really wanted to dress like that, then who am I to tell them otherwise? But like, seeing to, that to could me, be that too. is 
an accurate representation of a major label being like, here's what I need you guys to do. Here's how I need you guys to look, how to sound, how to dress, how to fucking play, what your stage performance needs to be like. I need this to resemble Robert Plant from this era. I need this to resemble Jimmy Page. Well, they're a marketing fucking. They're brothers. They're young. They're all from some small little town we know as Frankenmuth. You know, like from an A and R point, I can see how you be like, dude, we could make some fucking ducats off of these boys. You know. Yeah, because. There's going to be younger kids who are getting into that and they're going to try to play it off as like the previous generations first getting into Led Zeppelin to try to have that same effect. Because Led Zeppelin was huge and had massive tours, massive sales, massive all that. So they're trying to replicate what's already been done. Can't be done nowadays. And it just, it's not the same climate of music. But I could see how they're trying to pitch like, okay, my dad loves Led Zeppelin, so we can speak to that generation, but also bring on another generation to bring up with that. Bringing up Zeppelin, though, that's another good point as far as marketing and when you were talking about promoting the fucking party hardy shit. They knew that that would sell album sales. So all that shit that everybody thinks that they did, you know, like... The Hammer of the Gods book? Yeah, like yeah. my fucking mother-in-law to this day swears, like, all those fucking stories are true. The fish thing and all At, that All stuff. of it. Like, they're fucking doing all kinds of crazy shit, having sex with, like, 60 women at a time while Jimmy Page is floating above them, jerking off, like... And then you find out, like, no, they just let all that shit out, and they were, like, super good. And you think about it, how the fuck could they play like that every night if they were really wiling out like that? Yeah. Well, it's like the Decline of Western Civilization documentary. Yep. Where, um, was it Ace or was it Paul Stanley? Oh, where he had those chicks? Where he's got, like, 20 women in bed with him. Yeah, yeah. Every day you can. Yeah. Just look at me. Like, shut the fuck up. And then, like... That one dude from, uh, I can't remember if it was Seduce or what. It was one of those bands that didn't really go anywhere. The dude, like, chugging the bottle of vodka oh, that's, in the pool. that was Wasp's fucking bass player. It was Wasp? Yeah, I think so. Or Striker. Striker, that's what it was. Might have been Striker. Yeah, I don't and think it was And his mom was sitting there? Yeah. Yeah, that was, he chugged dude, a bottle was, of vodka. When I saw that for the first time, that fucking disturbed me and yeah. shit. I was like, whoa. But it was water. But it was water, right. I didn't but know that, that at the time. Right. I didn't know it at the time either. When I seen that to me, I was like, wow, this guy's a fucking wreck. They, like, that discouraged me from wanting to drink like that. Fucking like, hey, I was dude. like, dude, I don't want to be like that guy. Which he did, which it did what it was supposed to, I guess. Yeah. But it also, like, it was made to sell albums, like, because yeah. that was part of the notoriety yeah. of rock and roll at the time was being a junkie or partying or whatever. And it's, uh, I don't want to say it's funny, but. It's ironic how all the people that looked up to that shit do that shit and then wonder why they're not, like, playing arenas and they, why their mom's not sitting by a pool in a mansion and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Because of that. And I've seen a lot of people chase that bullshit. Oh, yeah, for sure. And all they do is hang out down the road there at the bar. It's like, damn, son. Marketing fucks you up. Yeah, it's true, it's though. Just... I don't, I fucking, I hate, I think it's. At this point, with the social media and stuff, the marketing is well, everything very you s- powerful. Everything you see is fake. Yeah, like, yeah. Be- believe that everything that you see on a daily basis, aside from like, yeah, people follow people that they see like their shit individually or whatever. 
but the like the mass media of things believe that oh, yeah. there's tons of money behind it and there's some fucking type of agenda to get you hooked on like the music the the clothes the the product the food whatever it is like there's marketing into every aspect of sales whether it's music food coffee clothes shoes all that stuff like how do you think starbucks took one of the cheapest commodities in the world and made it into a multi-billion dollar corporation like i was looking at this one day where average annually americans spend 12 billion was it 12 billion or 22 billion one of the i think it was 12 12.1 billion on coffee every oh, single year i um i'm not a coffee drinker i don't think you are either no but there are like it's like 54 percent of the population or some shit like that oh drinks i coffee. believe it but then 40% of that population of that 50% only drinks only drinks coffee out at like Starbucks or Big B or Tim Hortons or wherever the fuck when you could make like the average like price of coffee is like what like 3 to 5 dollars per whatever it is coffee's actually pretty expensive exactly but to acquire it it is nothing well right like you get it for literal pennies when you're buying it on that big of a i'm scale, thinking but i was thinking of brewing you. it at home i'm like man yeah. this shit's like 20 bucks this you gotta get these fucking but things. if you're getting but yeah you're, you're brewing your shit at home selling at a place but if you're brewing it at home and you got like a big ass thing of coffee the amount that you spend on that is way less than what you would spend on X oh, amount of cups of coffee. Every astronomical. Because most people buy one to three cups per day. Buy? Buy. Okay. So you average that out to be $15 per person a day with however many millions of people. That's fucking absurd. And it and goes the same. smoke cigarettes on top of that, dude. Yep. And it goes the same with cigarettes. It goes the same with shoes, with pants, shirts, food, all of it. I think the point here is... Uh, Question fucking everything, dude. Question it all, because you never know. I had a thing written down here. Metallica has sold more than Prince, Britney Spears, and Bob Dylan. He's, they sold more than Dylan? Yep. That's fucking impressive, and in a very bizarre way. But think of, like, the era, though, because I don't think that the marketing was quite as established during Dylan's prime of his career and dylan marketed himself very well yeah very I mean, he's well one of the then. biggest artists in the world and he still, still is. is like plays but, off his mystical fucking yeah bullshit but i don't think that the the money involved in marketing was quite no, there yet because no. in the height of bob dylan's career there wasn't fucking 20 million dollars going into each album and shit like that no people were going to woodstock for free and he didn't have that chance so like and to sell outsell prince that's insane and even britney spears like she was one of the biggest fucking pop stars in the world for like three years or some shit that's, yeah yeah. It's fucking nuts. You gotta think worldwide, yeah. Britney Spears, I could see outselling Prince possibly worldwide. But Prince, but not outselling it. Metallica? And Prince is, like, more talented than Metallica 10 to 1. Well, that's like, kind of like in his little pinky. He can fucking do more than they can in their entire the band. whole band. But as a collective, I gotta add this up really quick. Collectively, from... Megadeth, Slayer, Overkill, Testament, Anthrax, and Exodus. Across those six bands collectively, 
Metallica has sold 30 million more records than all of those bands combined. That's fucking, that is a huge, huge number, man. You can't, and we know that they are not musically that much better than all of those bands and those people. Like, what the fuck, dude? That's insane. That just, I mean, that makes the whole point right there. Yeah, of the, just, of the marketing. But just for reference here, Metallica is at 135 million plus sales. Megadeth, 38 million plus. Slayer is about 20 million plus. Overkill, 16. Uh, Testament, 14. Anthrax, 10. And Exodus, 5. Say Slayers again, it's like 30 million? 20. 20? And then King, King and Kardashian's was, wearing fucking Slayer t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking doesn't make sense. And these are numbers that are kind of varying times. So it was just what I could find immediately on well, the internet. It, like, so, But, cool. I mean, they're in the ballpark. Definitely. But just to say that the Metallica outsold them 30 million. Like, that's a whole fucking another artist's career worth of records to outsell Oh, by. my God. It's, it's just right. And to think... Like we said earlier, when the most people consider the the best era of the band in the early in the days. early days, right? And there's like every one of their albums that everybody generally says, yeah, kind of sucks. All went fucking number one gold in their first week. Yeah, it's just and they all hit number one on the Billboard charts. Yeah, I'm calling some fucking bullshit on that for sure. And like all the singles that they just came out with, the four that they came out with before this record right. came out, those count each as one those. was number one on the Billboard. Oh, really? And they probably all individually count as record sales too because of all the streams on them. I did. I didn't listen to it, any of that shit until yesterday, and I only listened to the four songs that. Or I take that back day before, Thursday night, and I listened to the four songs that were out. What did you think of what you heard? Because you were here for the Metallica listening party. Right. But we weren't really doing a whole lot of listening. No, no, no. So, we uh, a, like, the, your first impression of what you heard so far, what did you think? My initial thought was, like, these guitars are very simple. I mean, on, that's the first thing that popped in my head, and... Lars sounded very, like his, I don't know, I was just focusing on the drums and was like, this sounds like a basic, you know, ticka-ta, 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 and then you'll like maybe throw in a fucking splash or whatever, and then ticka-ta, ticka-ta, it's, I don't know, I wasn't in, it was not, like, I was not blown away by any means. There was one song, and I can't remember the title, where his double kick fills that he did, which was only like three or four of uh -huh. them. They sounded completely off-timed. Not really. Like, I, I'll when I find it later, I'll message you what song it is so that's you can funny. see if I will. I mean, maybe that's just the way I heard it, but it sounded like he like stumbled on himself a little bit. And that's I'm like, how the hilarious. fuck did you guys not notice that in the like? Because Lars and James were both executive producers on the album with uh, the guy that produced it, whose name I escapes is me it, right did now. Did they go to Bob Rock? No, again? it's a different guy. I can't remember his name. I was not, I wasn't impressed. I didn't care for it. It's not a thrash album by any means. Greg Fiddleman. Um, or Fidel, Fidelman. What else I don't, does he know? However you say your last name, Greg, I doubt you're fucking listening to this. But what, has he done a lot of other... Um, I don't know. Oh, okay. Anybody out there that's like, how do you fucking know who this is? I'm sorry. But I just, yeah, it was way too clean sounding. I don't know. I just wasn't impressed, man. It's not. 
it's not what I expected, I guess, when they're, you know, how they hype things. Also, I'm a pretty, like, big lyric dude, and it's just cheesy, man. And it's simple, basic, unimpressed, man. I mean, I'm sorry. I just try not, I don't read any other people's reviews or anything. I just try to get to it unbiased without any outside fucking influence and not my bag dude no and i listen to it like to try to give it its fair chance like i'm not a metallica listener really like very rarely like will i ever go even back to the old stuff to listen to it because i just heard it endlessly and uh so like if i'm if i'm in a mood to listen to thrash metal i'm gonna go to like overkill or exodus or testament like i love testament but i can't give that shit away here right i've sold less than 10 testament albums and i've sold like less than 10 overkill albums how many i can't tell you how many hundreds of metallica records i've gone through and but i like i love testament like they're like upwards of one of my favorite thrash bands like i think they stayed one of the best consistent bands throughout their whole career and so i'd go to shit like that but i listened to it this morning to give it its actual like fair chance and i was just kind of like bored like i found myself like yeah it's boring oh shit i didn't realize that three songs had passed because each one of these sounded like a continuation of the other song yes very very lackluster and, I mean, there were some riffs and stuff in there that I was kind of like, oh, this is groovy, it sounds kind of cool, It's but it was nothing, like, groundbreaking or that I haven't heard before. And it was just like, I don't know, it's like, it's one, it's not my thing. So, like, I probably have a slightly biased opinion of, like, this just really isn't my band to begin with. Right. But I went into it with no predisposition of, like, this is going to suck. I mean, I guess that I can't say that because I did assume that it was gonna suck. But when I, <laughs> but that I let that thought go when I went to actually go listen. For yeah, myself. when you went to like I got because like, deep I had listen. seen so many people be like, "This is actually really good." I give it a seven out of ten. Or blah blah blah. You're like, oh, and I'm like, gotta find a why. Really? And so I'm like, let's see. Like maybe it is fucking. Maybe they do fill it with something cool. I don't know. So I listened to it. One, it's too goddamn long. It's like an hour and 17 minutes long. It's too fucking long. Now, if the album, like, I could listen to an Opeth album that long. I could listen to a Worm album that long, a fucking Blood Incantation album. Amen. I I could do all that that long. Put it for two hours. I don't care. But, like, Metallica, Metallica hour. You're not a, like, progressively sounding band. Like, there's no reason for you to have an album that long. And you're the first song I listened to. Is it seven minutes long or is it nine minutes long? It's fucking long. I'm dude. pretty sure it was like the longest song they've okay. ever made. It, longest they've ever made. Yeah, I thought. Aside that was from ridiculous. maybe like one of the symphony songs or something. Well, if you're come, you know, should be no longer than really four minutes a song. Now, when you said it was that long, that made me think of one of the reasons I do love having CDs is when you pop it in, it tells you like how long it's gonna be. And I was actually looking at that yesterday, and I popped in on a punk rock CD with, like, 15 songs, and it was 19 minutes and 36 (laughs) seconds, you know? I'm like, fuck yeah, I can listen to this whole thing. Yeah, I just, I mean, one is, like, it's kind of a chore to sit and listen to the whole thing, because it didn't, it's, for me to sit and listen that long, like, you have to pull me in to where I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to hear what's next. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
but that throughout the whole thing, I was just like, oh my god, I can't wait till this hits the last goddamn track because I fucking cannot stand this. Yeah, and it just, I don't know. I will say like. They let their bass player shine through a little bit, which I thought was cool because of how notoriously bad some of the bass on their albums was before. I mean, I know they're known for having some of the best bass playing, but they're also known for having some of the worst. Well, I think it's just they're known for burying it in past fucking... That's what I'm saying. Like, they're known for making it to where it's like, where's the bass at on this Uh fucking thing? I mean, Robert's a great bass player. Like, uh, I think he doesn't get to show off his skill that he actually has inside of Metallica because he's just pumping out this simple music. I mean, Yeah, like, listen to him in Suicidal, dude. Or Infectious Grooves. Like, Amazing. Fucking phenomenal bass player. Because it's like bringing in like Les Claypool to play on Metallica. Like, yeah, he wouldn't get to do what he does. It's overkill. <laughs> and they even like metallica even said that to les claypool like when he was trying out for the band or whatever yeah they were like you can't like you're not a like you're on your own thing like you're a funk guitar player. yeah yeah you but so this. is robert like he's a funky ass guitar player or a bass player so i don't know it kind of sucks that he's getting buried by that it's cool that his son now is like the bass player for suicide right that's cool but they did like let him kind of his sound was more in the forefront of the album of this from what i noticed okay. so that's cool but it doesn't want to make you rush out and buy it no not at all i mean i had a whole box of them sitting in front of me the right. other day and no part of me was like i gotta take one of these. <laughs> um yeah i thought the album cover was dumb um yeah i'm with you there too I understand it more now that I know what 72 seasons means, which for anybody who doesn't know, it's the first 18 years of your life. And so the album cover made a little more sense after hearing that. But still, I was just like, what the fuck? I mean, at least like Hardwired to Self-Destruct had a decently cool album artwork. Yeah, it was different, like, it man. Was kind of different, stood out. Like, I mean, the yellow definitely stands out, but the album cover itself, I mean, there's a baby crib on it. And a bunch of burnt And shit. a bunch of burnt toys, guitars, and chords, and random shit. Yeah. And I think it's like a collection of things throughout the first 18 years of your life oh, or definitely. whatever. I don't understand why they're burnt, for one. I guess it's because they look cooler than if you just actually put one of them. I think they're trying to say like, "Oh, life's hard, man, and you got to let go of this, burn this shit up, let good, let it go." Blah blah. That's what I think. I don't know. I couldn't find like a. But I'll be honest. I didn't know what seventy-two seasons was until mm, four seconds ago. (laughs) We uh we YouTubed it the other day because me and Steve were like, "What the fuck does that even mean?" Because the album's seventy-seven minutes long. But it's called 72 Seasons, and I was like, I added up how many years 72 Seasons would be, and I was like, it's 18, and I'm like, I, I still don't get it. <clears throat> and then somebody on YouTube was like, or James had actually released a video of oh, him okay. explaining what it means. And I was like, oh, okay, so I, that makes sense now. And, yeah, that makes sense for sure now. Yeah, and I get it, but like, I just, I feel like you could have went with a way cooler album artwork. Oh, that definitely, dude. I don't, I think it's... It says to me like they're trying too hard, I guess, to like make it look cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 lame to me. I think it would have been cooler if they just left it yellow and put a fucking snake in it, you know? Like and just called it the fucking yellow album, honestly. Yeah, honestly, that would have probably been better. But the producer, I'm looking at his 
resume resume right now. He did seventy two seasons, S and M two, Hardwired. He's worked with Slipknot, Red Hot Chili Peppers. He did World Painted Blood. Well, I feel really stupid now because I knew that that I knew that the guy that produced Hardwired produced this album. I just didn't realize the yeah. name. I assumed, but I guess I didn't really know for sure. But he's also worked with Adele. Like he did Adele's Twenty One. But then he also did High on Fire's Snakes for the Divine, and he also did Sick of It All's Built to Last, and Marilyn Manson's Hollywood. No shit. I don't know. He's got like a pretty... uh, Yeah, that's legit to me. Expansive resume here. Death Magnetic, I know. That was the one before Hardwired. That was produced by Rick Rubin. Yep. And it did say that this, it, this Greg dude is an often compared. times collaborator with Rick Rubin. Oh, okay. Okay. That's cool. It just seems like Death Magnetic, um, you don't hear and you never have heard like too much about it. And I always found that kind of surprising because I thought it wasn't too bad. I vaguely remember it. I mean, it was like, it's, what, like 2008, I think, is when it came out or something like that. Yeah. And the only reason I gave it a, a I remember second the thought CD, was though. because of Rick Rubin. I remember the CD was kind of cool, how it had that coffin. coffin where it yeah. was like layered inwards. Yep. I always thought that was kind of cool. And it had, and it was like a magnet with all the like, you know, particles that a fucking magnet picks up. I yep. don't know. Anyway. I mean, I pretty much fucking dissected and tore apart Metallica as much as I'm willing to do in a day here. Yeah, so. definitely. Everybody likes what they like, I guess. I just, uh, the main point of this episode was to get across how the underbelly of everything yeah. works to re- achieve those numbers. Oh, because yeah, I don't want to see. And marketing is what pushes it. Because I don't like to see the contemporaries who deserve just as much credit as Metallica does be thrown under the rug because Metallica has so much more money in front of it. Right. And that was plain, bare, and simple, my honest point of what I was trying to make this whole time. It's a good point to make, sir. You got anything else you want to add, Jeremy? I don't really, man. It's just uh, it's a nice laid-back episode. I hope people learn some things. Fuck, I learned a bunch of shit. In this age of whatever, age of internets and what have you, just question shit. Yeah. You know? Most definitely. And... I mean, things in life question everything. I and mean, remember, like, Kim Kardashian does not listen to Metallica Slayer or whatever fucking T-shirt she's wearing. This <laughs> I seen Courtney Kardashian in a Mayhem shirt the other day. Oh my god, Euronymous <laughs> would be rolling over in his grave. Yep, or putting her in there. Yeah, dude. R.I.P. to dead and Euronymous. But anyway, uh, we have more interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks here, so definitely stay tuned for those. Yeah, we have um, awesome guests coming up. Definitely. Yeah, next week we do have a great guest. And we have, like, actually a few interviews already scheduled that are going to be really cool yep. that I'm looking forward to. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, thanks for listening, people. Uh, follow and like us on Instagram, share our stuff, try to help us get it out there because, uh, like this episode, we don't have millions of dollars to put behind a marketing campaign for noise avocation. But if there's somebody out there that wants to, you know, turn something into something, dude, I'm I'm all about it. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Later.